Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. This evening, there's a wisdom I felt in my spirit to star. As I am certain that in every child of God, the seed of this reality and experience has already been planted by reason of the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit, by the reason of salvation and your translation from darkness to light. And I can also affirm to you that this experience as well happens to people who might not have had a relationship with God because as it is in his infinite wisdom and sovereignty, there are certain people he has chosen in life to fulfill certain agendas, certain responsibility, certain assignments, whether they knew him or they did not. Whether the late President Nelson Mandela knew God or he didn't, that's not for us to judge. Nobody can doubt that he was chosen by God for a certain assignment over South Africa and Africa and the world. Years ago, we were talking with Pastor Zach that whenever that man stood next to anybody, whoever he stood next to was less. It doesn't matter what position they held in life. Why? Because God chose him. So there are people who are chosen, whether they know God or not. And there are people who know God like you and I, to whom I believe this reality has been not only deeply affirmed, but I believe every man who is born again has been called to experience the fullness of this wisdom or blessedness. Now, I took some time to do some research because I started to experience the expression of this wisdom through different individuals that were not necessarily known to be born-again Christians, some I mean, but we saw this wisdom expended through them, and I believe by God, because the Bible says wisdom is the mother of all witty inventions all witty inventions and ideas are burst by wisdom. He says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. Nothing invented or built did not have the idea, the seed, the beginning of God. I'll read for you a few statements that were spoken by these individuals these special individuals. And let me begin by a man known by almost every person who went to school called Albert Einstein. 
Many of us know Albert Einstein is behind that famous theory, E equal MC squared. He was used by God, I believe, to give us the theory of relativity. And by that, the world has understood deeper the concepts of time, the concepts of space. And we thank God that many things have been built around this man's revelation. It's very important for us to understand that. In fact, I think I read somewhere that since that theory, people are discovering newer and newer concepts because of that one idea. Hallelujah. It's by him that we have studied how the outside the earth works, how the galaxies work, and how the systems of you know, the universe operate. This one man called Albert Einstein. But he said this sentence or statement once. He said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. He says, we have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Very powerful. I repeat that again. He says the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. That means the rational mind was designed to serve the intuitive mind. But he says that the world has gotten this wrong because we've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. We understand the rationality of things, but we cannot deduce the intuitiveness of things. Another fellow called Carl Jung, Jung, some call him Jung, but he's Jung. He was known to be a Swiss psychiatrist and a psychoanalyst, one of the greatest that ever lived. He says this, he says, intuition is perception via the unconscious that brings forth ideas, symbols, and new possibilities. Now, I repeat that again. He said intuition is perception via the unconscious that brings forth ideas, symbols, and new possibilities. The third is Steve Jobs. All of us know he's a pioneer of the personal computer and the phones that many of you hold and jealously protect, right? But it was a very brilliant brain, this man. And this is what he said. He said, intuition is a very powerful thing, more powerful than intellect, in my opinion. Again, I repeat. He said, intuition is a very powerful thing, more powerful than intellect, in my opinion. He says, if you have intuition, what Einstein called the intuitive mind, he said it's greater than any intellect or how smart you are or how your IQ, intelligence quotient, is. This is Steve Jobs. In fact, in one account he says, he always valued his intuition above everything he ever knew. This is him speaking. 
Then we have a wonderful man called Nikola Tesla. Tesla developed the alternating uh, current power system, you know, this very system that runs our homes and buildings. And he also uh, pioneered quite a lot in radio communication. This man had more than 100 patents registered only in the US. And he's the very inspiration behind one of the richest men, Elon Musk, the company Tesla. This is what Nikola Tesla said. Instinct, which you could call intuition, is something that transcends knowledge. It transcends knowledge. Or it transcends, some of you might call it transcends knowledge. He says, we have undoubtedly certain finer fibers that enable us to perceive truths when logical deduction or in any other willful effort of brain is futile. It's that place where we can go when we have tried all reasoning, applied all logic, done all mathematics and failed. It's that one place that transcends all knowledge. There's a famous fellow, a German poet. They call him the king of German poetry, called Johann Wolfgang. He said, there is no logical way to the discovery of these elemental laws. There is only the way of intuition, which is helped by a feeling for the order lying behind the appearance. He says, nothing can explain the laws that dispel the elements of creation or creativity. But he alludes it to only one experience and he calls it intuition. All of these men are speaking the same thing differently according to where or how they experienced this blessed reality that I believe God has placed or planted in every human being and I believe, Father, that it should be more accentuated, more curated, more defined by those who have a relationship with their Creator. These men are all speaking the same thing. So when the Bible says that the children of this world have become wiser than the sons of light in their own generation, it means that the men and women which don't even assume to have a relationship with God or in reality have never had a relationship with God are doing wiser than the children of light. The children of light. This is very important. The children of this world are in their generation. Now the word their generation is from the root word gene or genes. In other words, their genes are adopting, mutating, and creating faster than the children of light. When God says that in Luke chapter 16, verses 8, he implies that it's not supposed to be that way, that the sons or the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. It was not designed to be that way but that's the circumstance we find ourselves in every other day. If you don't understand this thing, you will never awaken the core seed of greatness that God has planted 
in every person. You might never be famous, but you are all called great because every seed of God bears greatness. Are you following what I'm saying? This is regardless of what school you went to, how you understand whatever you understand, as of whether your mind works faster than the person next to you, or maybe you passed physics more than you did history, or you did geography better than you did chemistry. This has nothing on whatever credentials or qualifications you have in life. It has everything to do with the way God created you, with the way God made you. That's why it's important for everybody to find themselves one day because this ultimately is the blessing that is attached to not only your assignment, but some of you, your bloodline. You know, God defines blessings in lineages either touching the anointing or otherwise. In his purpose, we see the Bible tells us when Jacob calls the 12 sons of his to bless them. I have said this once or twice. The Bible says when he called them, he blessed everyone, each one, the Bible says, with his blessing. He blessed each one with his blessing. Every child he spoke over, he spoke over them with the blessing that God had defined over their lives. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's 49 verses 28, Genesis. It says, and all these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone, the Bible says, according to his blessing, he blessed them. What is your blessing? See, I'll teach about that soon. What is your blessing? Because if you don't understand that, you'll not know the graces that should pursue the assignment of God upon your life. Or even worse, some of you cannot discover your assignment until you understand your blessing. Because some blessings come with instructions that touch your mandate or your assignment. Hallelujah. That's what it means to find yourself. Finding yourself. You have to dig so deep into the person of your core to see what God planted in the inside of you that aligns you to his purpose and will. Why are you alive? Why were you born in this world? Why did you come on the earth? For what reason did you come? Jesus says, for this cause came I into this world. There's a recognition that God first cemented something concerning his life and purpose and prophecies were spoken by men of old. And he says, for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. That was his mandate. That I should bear witness unto the truth. And for that end, he says, was I born. Why are you alive? Why do you walk the surface of this earth? Are you walking in light to or with what God has designed you to flow into, to pattern into, to define 
yourself with? Or are you simply surviving by whatever comes your way? Whatever you hear, whatever you connect to, they say, ha, there's a deal here. You just, you know, there are people who are just waiting for the next deal. Hmm? They're just waiting for the next deal. There's a new deal here. And they're going to run and risk their lives. Even if it costs death, they'll go for the deal. That's not how God has designed you as a child of God. And then we see that these men, all these men that I read about, found something that many Christians might look for until the day they leave the earth and never find. You see, the experience of all revelational insight is a place of a seeker to find. These words are life, he says, to them that find them and medicine to all their flesh, to all that find them, to them that find them. The Bible says that, you see it in Romans where it says, for what can we say our father Abraham has found? That means he was a seeker. There are things you will find. Yes, Romans chapter 4 verses 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh has found? He found something. You must find something. You must find something through these words. You must find yourself through these words. Otherwise, you'll never live a glorious life. Albert Einstein found something. Carl Jung found something. Nikola Tesla found something. Steve Jobs found something. Wolfgang found something. Bill Gates found something. Elon Musk found something. Mark Zuckerberg found something. Maya Angelou found something. Every name mentioned on the list of greatness found something. You must find something. And it begins with finding yourself first in God. Hallelujah, somebody. And it was always before your eyes in Scripture. This thing called intuition. Some call it the sixth sense. Some call it a premonition. Some call it the second sense. Some call it a nudge. Some call it a certain feeling. I call it inner wisdom. I'm talking about that wisdom that can only come through your inner voice. Proverbs chapter 20, verses 5. Listen to this. Many of you read this portion of scripture, but tonight it's going to come in a deeper light. One, two, three, let's go. He says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters, or is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. In other words, let me use a simpler language. Everything you ever need to know 
everything you ever need to connect to, to be the success you must be. Everything you ever need to relate with, to align your destiny and define your course. Everything that you'll ever need to answer every query, every question, to get you out of every trouble, frustration, or any circumstance of some of you who I'm speaking to who are stuck emotionally, stuck financially, stuck, you know, in your education, stuck in your marital destiny, stuck generally in life. He says, everything you need to move you from that place to the next is somewhere inside you, in your heart. It's not in the sky. Well, you could say, when I started hearing this man, my life changed. Let me tell you what he did. He spoke to it and gave you, like the Bible says, understanding. And when he gave you understanding, you drew it out. This is the essence of the gospel and why you sit before a teacher to instruct you, to teach you, to rebuke you, to correct you in the way that she should go. He says, but only a man with understanding can draw it out. So when you come to church and we give you revelation or insight, it's only to the end that we give you enough understanding to awaken that thing that is already in the inside of you. Again, he has said, counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters, but only a man of understanding will draw it out. Everything you need is inside your spirit. But God said, you need the understanding to be able to take it out so it can be defined or that you can use it. So you can only find it by understanding. That is why he says, get wisdom. But above all, get understanding. Because the Bible says somewhere, Wisdom resteth where understanding is. If you don't have understanding, the wisdom of God in you cannot rest. Proverbs 14, verses 33. Let's read it. One, two, three, let's go. Uh -huh. In the heart of him that has understanding. But that which is in the midst of fools is made known. See? Wisdom resteth where understanding is. When you find people who, when you examine their lives and how they apply wisdom, they are unstable. There are people who are unstable. And one of those Sundays, I gave an example. There are people who are unstable because they are so cold and indifferent. But there are also people who are unstable because they carry a zeal without knowledge. Bible speaks of Reuben, which is unstable as water boiling over. The fire is too much and they have no wisdom to help give them direction on how not only to harness it, but to know when to go in and to go out, especially, and I've seen it mostly with people which are gifted but have no cover, especially people who go out only by their gift, but do not surround themselves with 
some wise people to help them understand that you might be so wise in this and your business is a success, but the way you're running, you're going to crash in five or six years because you're boiling. You remember Moses? Moses judged the children of Israel the whole day. And then a sage called him, his father-in-law, Jethro, and told him, this thing you begin to do will not only destroy you, but will also destroy the people that you're ministering to. It's not good for you, neither is it good for them. How can you judge these people the whole day? Moses, how? That's not how God has designed you to be. Yes, he was a man boiling over. His heart was for the people. He loved the children of Israel. But the way he was doing it was wrong. And then Jethro told him, no. Get a group of people and then put them in charge of some of these, you know, responsibilities. So they can judge the people. So they can only bring to you the heavier or the bigger matters. By that way, you're not only going to preserve yourself, but you're also going to preserve those that you lead. Otherwise, the leader, this man Moses, would have sunk with his own people. Destruction would have come. Yes, he was boiling over with a zeal of serving God, but not according to wisdom. So we have that pendulum, if I might call it. Some are just indifferent. Some are just too excited that they don't understand that life is so patterned and principled that no matter how gifted you are and how fast you could be running, you need wisdom to know when to stop, when to go, when to sit, when to rest, when to stand, when to fight, when to hold your peace. He says, to everything there is a word. The season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. To everything, there's a season. So how God works in seasons and timetables. For every purpose he has built on the earth, he says, you are this, I have made you this, yes. But there are seasons that are appointed in your life as milestones to define when and how you enter certain things, certain graces, certain functions. And you must have the wisdom to know when the end of a certain season has come and when you're supposed to leap into the next. Because I see people who are struggling right now because they've stayed longer in a season that God closed long ago. He has invited them to the next season. You remember when Elijah, who said that, at my word, there shall be no rain. You remember that portion of scripture? And the Bible says he sat at the brook and there God used to send ravens to what? To feed him. But one day, the Bible says the brook what? Dried. Was it Cherith? The brook dried. And when the brook dried, the Bible says God now tells him, now your provisions here have what? Ended. I have a sermon on that. Leave the brook, Cherith, and go thee to Zarephath. There I have commanded the widow to sustain thee. When did he command her? It's a very deep teaching there. Those of you who are students of the word, when did he command this woman to feed? He didn't say, I will command. He said, there I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. So it's possible to carry a divine instruction even though it's not yet registered in your intellect. 
That's deep. That's very deep. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. There's a wisdom on understanding that. But let's come back to what I'm trying to express here because I have quite a lot to say in such a short time. The Bible has said, counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. Everything you need, every kind of counsel you need is somewhere inside your spirit. Proverbs 20, verses 27. The same chapter, you just go down. The emphasis is again here. He says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all inward parts of the belly. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. It's the candle of the Lord. So when God gave you, created the spirit, you, with a soul in a body, he said it's by this spirit that I am a light to you. And it's by this light that you search the things you must find. The things you must find. But everything is in the inside of you. The Bible says he has placed eternity in the hearts of men. He has placed eternity in the hearts of men. Hallelujah. So everything eternal is in the inside of your spirit. It's in there. But it says, but understanding. 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 That is why I always emphasize to those who care to hear that if there is a lesson that every Christian should understand very well, if there is a lesson that every Christian should master, it is hearing the voice of God. Because I cannot tell you how many marriages are broken right now. Because some people are sure they had God. I cannot tell you how many people are dead this evening or are going to die tomorrow or next week because they are sure they had God on something. I cannot tell you how many empires have fallen how many kingdoms are decimating, how many realms are being broken into because some people are convinced that they had the voice of God. I cannot tell you how many people have left the course of their assignment, disconnected from what God had designed them to do, from where God had placed them to grow in the name of they had God. They had a vision. They dreamt this thing. if you are not able to hear that in a voice, because I tell people always, and I've said this times without number, that there's a familiar spirit that speaks like God. And in that familiarity has for many years, thousands of years, expressed itself in some sort of wisdom. That's why the Bible says that the ways of a man seem what? Rightful. The ways of a man seem rightful. All the ways of a man. Have you ever found two people arguing and both of them are sure they are right? And sometimes both of them are wrong. Or sometimes one of them is wrong. But even the one which is wrong, it's not obvious to them that what they are doing is wrong. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
Why did you do this? I did this because I knew that this was it. Do you recognize that this was wrong? No, 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 it wasn't wrong. You see, this was this and that, that was that, and that is why I did this. And they continue. I mean, we would not have courts of law. Why are people in court right now? Some of you are in court cases where it's obvious that you're going to be proved guilty. But even worse, you don't know. You still want to stick out on your right, which you've already abused. Or some of you are in court with people with whom it's obvious that they're going to lose. It's only a matter of time. It's so plain and simple, but they still insist. They drive their car every day to court and they put up their defense and pay lawyers. And one day they're going to look back at how much they have spent because as our parents used to say, common sense is not. Hallelujah. Have you ever met somebody who maybe is mature, they're 50, they're 60, they're 70, or maybe they're older than you, and they say something or do something, and you have to go back and think for a second, how in all their years of growing and learning, have they never learned or were they never told that what they have done is wrong? You see this person and they're old, and, but they do or say something and you're like, how does this person not see? In all their years when they sat on their mother's breast and, you know, they were taken to school and they were, they were disciplined and their grandmother spoke to them and their uncle sat down and gave them a leg. How did this register that this is wrong? Because many a time, like our man Albert Einstein said, today we've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. A servant of a rational mind, but has forgotten the gift of intuition, inner wisdom. That voice within you that gives you the counsel that only God can give. I see it every day in the church. Christians do things. Do you know the reason, and I'm going to say this because I'm talking to you who are really born again. Do you know the reason I believe now that the reason why many people don't believe in the God we are teaching is because of the wisdom we have displayed before them. One time a certain fellow said something about me on the internet, (laughs) a pastor. He attacked me vehemently. And then there was a Muslim person on the wall. Said, but the Muslim asked the pastor, but pastor, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Who was asking the pastor? A Muslim. And the Muslim asked the pastor, why are you attacking a person? Who is telling people to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Who is asking? They're asking a pastor why he's attacking another soldier whom is fighting on the same mission to win souls to Jesus. 
The Muslim is not yet converted, but the Muslim can tell the difference. By the way, I have Catholics, Muslims who watch me. Have you, do you know those And they love me. Some of them take me out and they give me money. <laughs> one day I phoned one, he said, Pastor, 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 Pastor. How are you, sir? I say, I'm fine. Number one, I'm a Muslim, but I can't change. That was the first statement he said. <laughs> then after I say, but I don't miss your services. Can I tell you what to preach last Sunday? I said, tell me. He explained the whole sermon. <laughs> Understanding is in the Muslim. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then I realized this. A couple of days ago when we were in a certain country with a group of people, we're driving on the streets and we saw these skyscrapers everywhere, those skyscrapers. Buildings were 80 floors, 100 floors, 120 floors, you know, in a nation that is known to be secular. And I looked at the wealth this nation had, and I figured that if you did only one square kilometer or two, all the buildings in Kampala would be collected. All the buildings we have are in one square kilometer of these fellows. One. You're following what I'm saying? And for God and my country is our motto. It's our motto. <laughs> so in my head, I was like, whatever these guys have built, these large conglomerates, whether it's IT or import and export or it's agriculture or whatever businesses they have built to make such wealth in such a short time, you cannot tell me that everything they have done through the years is all demonic. There must be a seed of God that was planted in the inside of them whether they knew God or not because that beauty and the way they have arranged life, the devil has no brain to do that. Saudi Arabia 120 years ago, 120 was all desert. The Al Maktoum family went on that land with nothing. There is nothing they have that we don't have under our ground. Are you talking about oil? We've also had oil since Adam. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? They say that the wealth on the surface of the United States, which is the richest nation on the face of the earth, is equivalent to the wealth under the Democratic Republic of Congo. Now we can say, oh, they exploited us, they did this, but they say there are at least 10,000 churches in Kinshasa alone. This is on record. There are at least 10,000 churches in Kinshasa alone. 
since how long has the Democratic Republic received its independence? Or you can say, no, but there's neocolonialism, there's uh, manipulation. Let's pray. Whatever it is, let's pray. Are you following what I'm saying? But a man cannot build in three generations, 120 years, and it's a first world country. Now, in the United Arab Emirates, oil is only contributing 30% of their income as a nation. 30%. 30%. Or they have oil, only 30% they can account to the oil. Are you following what I'm saying? If the Bible says it truly that righteousness exalts a nation, we have enough righteous people. Am I preaching the gospel? We are blaming that politician, the other leader, the other minister. Let me tell you the problem is with the church. Because we are the ones who preach to them every Sunday. We are the ones who invite them to our conferences and ask for... <laughs> you understand? Tap your neighbor and tell him it's about to change. God is raising a generation that is praying. How many of you believe to see Uganda become a first world in your lifetime? Yes, wait to die. With God all things are possible. It is not, and I repeat, possible that everything they were using was common sense. They were not building by a rational mind. They were not building by a rational mind. Hallelujah. I tried to read their books, some of these people, to see how they built these nations. Al Maktoum wrote a book called Flashes of Thought. Some of you want to care, read. You'll see every principle taught in the Bible. This man has applied every principle. So for us, we have our Bibles. And we are using them to show who is the cult. Uh, Genesis chapter... Um, this one goes underwater. Jeremiah chapter 16, it shows that you, you, you used eggs. Uh -huh. Ezekiel 32 verse 7 shows that your aunt bewitched you. We are going to send a curse on them through Psalm 72. That's why that... <laughs> Somebody shout fire! They are using the same things, same principles. You can go scripture upon scripture upon scripture. Have you now heard of this new age teaching on the law of attraction and... Eh? You study them. These guys are teaching everything the Bible teaches except that where God is, they put their mind. And you know why it works? Because God in scripture has been very clear on the power of the mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. It's common sense. So they say, well, we don't actually need your God to be a success. 
We just need to apply his principles and he cannot go back on his principle whether I relate with him or not. A principle is a principle. Gravity is gravity. Whether you're born again or not, if you fly off a building, brother, you will crash. And the Bible says he gives rain and seed to the heathen, bread to the heathen also, as he does for you which are his children. So whatever rain is released, whatever graces are released on the earth. The Bible says he sends rain on the just and the unjust and he makes the sun to rise upon them as well. He gives them bread like he gives you bread as well. So some of you think, no, this is only for the born again Christians. Think again. As long as the sun shines and the rain falls and they have a ground to till their seed, if they plant that seed, brother, it will yield fruit and they'll eat bread, whether they are born again or not. Now you have a man who has understood that principle that this is the one thing God has given on all who are alive, whether they are evil or just. The sun has been available, the rain has been available for me to till my ground and plant my seed. And then they go wake up in the morning they plant their seed. Now, I'm not only talking about physical seed here or agriculture. I'm also talking about spiritual. If you don't know how to sow to the Spirit, the Bible is very clear. There are people who know how to sow to the Spirit and they shall of the Spirit reap life eternal. But if you sow to the flesh, you shall surely die. So this man wakes up either physically or spiritually and sows in the Spirit or physically. Okay, let me use a physical example. He wakes up in the morning in a rainy season, on a good rainy season, where it's not so much, and then he digs his ground and plants beans. And then this Christian stays in the bed, sleeping. And the Bible has spoken of the sluggard. <laughs> Read Proverbs 20. Verses 4. Again, it's in the same chapter. He says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in harvest and have nothing. So, this one is whether you're born again or not. If you didn't plant anything in the harvest, you will beg. So, this Christian stays in the bed and you ask him, Why are you in the bed? He says, God has told me to, to seek him seek him. I'm in full-time ministry. <laughs> full-time ministry. Shakatakata. Shakatakata. Then after that, he comes with a dead voice and he says, ah, brother, um, you know you don't have transport <laughs> to take me home. Listen, you're working for God. How can you lack? Some of you are not his employees. You're just using that as an excuse because you fear the cold. Hallelujah. Now, like this is an example physically. There's also a spiritual definition of sowing to the Spirit. And I've learned in this one life that there are men who don't necessarily have a relationship with God, but they know how to sow to the Spirit. They understand the principles that govern this realm and their success wherever they are and they become your bosses. 
and some of you can't even learn from them. Even when they are doing what is right, they become a problem to you. I have a very wicked boss. What does he do? He's always making me work. Hmm. <laughs> so, hard work is no longer a virtue. What do you want? Especially this younger generation. I know I'm young, but some of you are younger than me. And many of you guys don't like working. Ha, there was silence. Because 70% of you, I have you. Uh, you see, no vuvuzela, no nothing. They're not blowing anything. They have kept them. They have whistles. They're not blowing anything. Somebody shout amen. amen. Are you learning something? Let us not be deceived. Some of these things are not nuclear physics. Forget all the complications we have in language when we try to define these things. Let's come back to the simplicity of things. Counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. If he created you to build the most successful hospital, whatever you need to build that hospital is already inside your spirit. Get understanding. Get understanding. How would he say that you shall be the heads and not the tail? He said in scripture that you shall be upward and above only. You shall not be beneath. He says, if you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command this day to observe and to do them, he says, you shall be the head and not the you shall be above only and not beneath. Only upward and above you shall be. He has promised that the Christian was designed to be above and above only. That is why I can never fail. Do you understand it? Because he told us once you get this understanding in the things that I command thee, you shall be the head in engineering, the head in the medical field, the head in your political spaces, the head in your agriculture world, the head. He said, you shall be the head and not the tail. He said, you shall be above only and not beneath. Let God be true and every man a liar. Tap your neighbor slowly and tell them you're not living without this thing. This is the only way we can preach the gospel effectively when all of us can look like it. There was a young man who was preaching the gospel somewhere one day. And he was so shabbily dressed. And while he was speaking, he was on the streets. You know the street preachers? Jesus will save you. He will make you wealthy. A woman heard and said, eh, 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 eh. What have you said? He, Jesus can do anything. He'll make you wealthy. And this person told him, sir, sir, with all due respect, when I look at you, you look like Jesus didn't die. Now, some of you might say, oh, that person was rude. La, 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 la. Let me tell you, there are people who only understand God 
when they meet somebody who looks like it. Oh, you didn't understand what I just said. Forgive me if I'm not fitting in your equation. But I can't go on a conference entitled Financial Management and the person teaching is broke. Am I communicating to somebody? It's like the other day I found these guys who teach about agriculture. Somebody's agriculture. You see agriculture, it can make you wealthy. When you invest this, you get this much. You look, the, the person talking looks like they were rejected by the very thing they are teaching. Let me pray in the name of Jesus that may you look like the God you profess to represent in Jesus' mighty name. Paul says in Romans 15, 18, I dare not to say, save of the things which Christ has wrote by me to make the Gentile obedient in word and deed. I must look what I'm preaching. If I'm preaching prosperity, brother, I must look prosperous. If I'm teaching strength, I must be strong. Hallelujah, somebody. It's the only way I can get the grace to make a Gentile obedient by word and deed. Gentile here means unbeliever. I must look the part. Hallelujah, glory to God. Do you go to an interview in a vest? Answer me. Do you wake up and put on a, a shabby and an iron blouse? And the data wig, and then you go and say, I've come to apply as CEO. No, you dress like a CEO. Hallelujah, somebody. There are very clear rules of engagement and patterns God has designed before time. If you remember even the story of, uh, of Ataxasis, or some versions call him Ahasuerus. Do you know what it meant for Naaman to dress in sackcloth and sit on the gate of a king? In that time, a man was not allowed to see the king if they did not look a certain way. You don't just go with your beard because you're a prophet. No. No, 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 no. The Bible tells you Joseph had to what? Shave his beard, praise the Lord, to go before greatness. Some of you say, no, for me it's the heart. It's the heart. I don't care what you see outside. No, we care. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I understand what this person was trying to tell the street preacher. I remember when I started preaching the gospel on zeal for God from university, teaching the word. Teaching the word. And then I started to check my pockets and my pockets were longer than usual. But the anointing was flowing, brother. So I remember one of those days, I said, God, why am I broke? He was quiet. Then I said, Father, if I see a hole in one of my trousers, it will be a sign that I should go and work. As faithful, 
as the Lord is. One of those does ironing my trouser. I saw a hole here. I said, uh huh. God has spoken. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we lived in a time where many of our peers who had just gotten out of university refused to work. That God had what? All of them went into full time. And I can, with no fear of contradiction, tell you I'm richer than all of them I remember. I will go work. After working, I go preach the gospel. Praise the Lord Jesus. After working, I go preach. Fanero grows to 2,000 members when I'm still a bank manager and delivering on my targets because I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. One arm is building, the other one is fighting. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor I can't be broke. I tell pastors, if you ever get to a point where you're begging, it's a sign that you must work. There's no formula around that because it means that you didn't plant enough in the spirit for a harvest to provide for your need. The Bible is very clear. Sometimes some of you think you're spiritual warriors, intercessors, you're just sluggard spiritually. That's what the Bible says. Because if you beg in the harvest, in other words, if you beg where provision is supposed to be availed, examine yourself. Examine yourself. And if I've annoyed you, there's a demon living right now. That's such a thing fighting. It won't manifest, but it's going slowly. You'll smile at the end of the service. Praise the Lord. I refuse to beg in the harvest. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. If you get to that level, tell him, God, give me something to do. He'll give it to you. Counsel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. He'll bring one idea, one concept. Something will stir in your spirit and it will change your life for good. That's what Carl Jung said. He said intuition is perception via the unconscious that brings what? Ideas, symbols, and new possibilities. There's a person right now, out of you is going to come the biggest omega factory the world has ever seen. But it's still inside there. Hallelujah, glory to God. But understanding comes this evening. And as you sleep on the bed tonight or this week, may you get that dream that is going to awaken who you are. May you wake up and truly say, I have found myself. I've found myself. I've found myself. I've found myself. Because it begins with that inspiration that the Holy Spirit imprints on your spirit and you see something. And when your eyes start to see, and I'll tell you for a certain, many of us who are functional and successful in life, if you go back and trace, it began with something. God opened your spirit to either it was a dream or a thought, whatever it was, or an opportunity, but there was a day something was birthed on your life. And from then on, you have been leaping from one level to another level 
of progress by God because he began something. He that began that good work, he must begin something. He that began that good work in you, he shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. I want to pray with somebody this evening. There's somebody right now listening to me. You have parked a very expensive car down there. You probably have a good job and maybe you're living well. But there's something inside you telling you, mm -mm, it's not me. You're the one I came for. We want the you to come out this evening in the name of Jesus. Because you see, I tell people, it's not that people are not grateful for who they are, but sometimes you can have it all and still feel like, mm -mm. This is still not what I saw when I was 17 praying. This is still not what I saw on that overnight one day when I went three or four days without food. This is not what I dreamt years ago. I dreamt way bigger than this. There are people who are already doing well, but yet spiritually, you've not even yet started. You're starting this evening. Understanding has come. Understanding has come. It has unlocked certain things. As I was speaking, certain things were unlocking in your spirit. The world is about to see something it has never seen before. I said the world is about to see something it has never seen before and it's on somebody this evening. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody who feels regardless of what I have attained in life, I still feel there's a certain box that has not been opened yet. And this is not a place of lust, it's a place of purpose. I understand that this is stuck to something God has designed me for. It is the blessing by which he has blessed me on earth. Let me tell you, I ran ministry for so many years, but I remember that day when I woke up and I knew that what I was doing wasn't it. The miracles were happening, the lame were walking, the blind were seeing, but there was something telling me that wasn't it. You get it, you start feeling that mm -mm, this is not it. Yes, some things had started to come and glimpses of his provisions and grace, but there was something still telling me there. Mm -mm, it's not yet, I have not found myself. When you find yourself, whoo, when you find yourself, you are amazed at how reconciled the world becomes to you. The Bible says all things work together, together for good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. You'll be amazed at how things are going to start working together. Some of you things are working in conflict with each other. You are at that deal that just doesn't break. You're on that contract that just doesn't come. You are on that thing. You're Table, your papers are on that table. They just don't sign them. That you with that promise, that big, big promise they made to you. They they promised and promised and, and you're just at that vat. Every day that day, tomorrow we'll call you next week. We'll call you next. They're just they're, they're just there. One year you're there. Two years you're there. Three years you're there. Four years you're there, and you don't see that this is a pattern. By the time it takes a month, two months, one year, that's already a cycle. It means you're behind some sort of schedule because seasons don't work like that. It can't repeat itself and come back every year. It's still on a promising table. There's only one man who has a pen and they can sign it. And tomorrow a different woman. This is the evening. Yeah. 
Rekete Oshira Bazambro de Gatalapa. Rekesere Gozimbra de Gatola Parati. Today intuition works deeper in your life more than ever before. I say the leading of the Spirit of God is going to be so distinct by the inner wisdom that is going to be expanded out of you. That inner voice is going to become so loud. You hear voice saying to you, call this one, go here, step into this, hold back a bit, close this door, open this one, answer that call, remember this person and send them a message, never talk to this person again. Some of you are going to have to close certain doors, some of you are going to have to open certain doors, some of you are going to start talking with certain people, some of you are going to stop talking with certain people because they are in part the people that have taken all the energy of the dreams that you have explained and revealed to them because they don't have enough grace, no understanding to interpret what's upon your life. And when you hear them speak, you can discern that they're killing you. Some things have got to give. Draw from the wisdoms of your inner voice. Open your mouth and speak to God. Bible says, your ear shall hear what behind thee saying, walk ye this way. Turn to the right hand. Turn to the left. Open your mouth. Let's pray. Speak to Jesus. As and words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the air shed words in birth. Holy words long preserved for our world in this world they resound. With God's on heart, oh, let the ancient words temper words of life, words of hope. Give us strength, help us go in this world where we roam. And words will guide us home. And words ever true. Call it out. The Bible says, Find into flame the gift of God in you. Shapla dega zombra dega tolapa. Eya shore go zimbra dega talapa. Ezobra dega sombra dega talapa. Call it out. Today I came to address the spirit of struggle and strife. I'm praying for somebody who feels stuck. Today is your day to go forward. Today is your day to move on. 
Start to speak the life you see by God. Create your world in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. Only the man with understanding can throw it out. The Bible says that the wisdom of God is to the end to give understanding to them which are simple. To give subtlety. Knowledge and discretion of mine. Santa le brodigazo predege telepa. Rakatala pararego jintele ketelepa. E aranto oze baratala koyerere. Mazonko teleko yebako shere ketelego. The Bible says that the words of God are to the end that a man will know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding and receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. The Bible says, Masantala bradego zikatala parado. Rekoze bradega zonkatala parateke serepo. Zarako telemaranto le brodiga zontelepa. Rataka shakatala paratele bradegazo. Yezere kosi katala mantole bradegazo. Rakaya katala mantala gatala balata. Zora bagaja gatala paratele pa. Roko seketele pararegozi bradegote. Shori kasa katala pararegote. Rekole mantole bradegaza katala borodegata. Cancer in the heart of a man is as deep waters. But only a man with understanding can draw it out. I receive understanding. I receive understanding. I receive understanding for my ministry. I receive understanding for my business. I receive understanding for my marriage. I receive understanding. I receive understanding. I receive understanding. I receive understanding. I will say is we know that the Son of God is come and he has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and that we are in him that is true even his son Jesus Christ the Bible says this is a true God and eternal life Jesus came to give us understanding by reason of his indwelling presence in our lives understanding comes because it's been made our wisdom our redemption and sanctification Father, we draw from Christ. We draw from Christ. We draw from Christ. We receive all that He has given. He says, But of Him are ye in Christ, which has been made our wisdom, our redemption, our sanctification, our righteousness. 
our redemption makorando zibra de katolapa esa kotele borodiga zombra de katala sore kozi pakatala parate rokotele paradiga zombre degete roko pakatala malantele pa understanding is yours ma sombre degete rakatole katala malantole prodigata rokosi kaya baga zombra degato reketele ketele paratele pa rose malatole pako sembra de rokose katala paratele kato rekezi bakotele poriga make that honest prayer the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 15, good understanding brings favor. But the way of transgressors, the Bible says, is hard. It is hard. I refuse to live a hard life. I refuse to live a complicated life. I embrace the understanding that brings favor because Christ is come that I may have understanding. He has given me understanding. He has given me understanding. I'll not fail in my finances. I'll not fail to grow. I'll not fail to multiply. Marosi pradega tole pataka. Santa kapradega zondelekete. Ayapakatala parade prodegata. Yesekele mando. Zore kajara kozekato. Yekaya badago. Rakanda zopradegato. Reketele palato. There is somebody who needs to tell God this evening, I am tired of begging. I'm tired of pleading with men. Open a door for me. Open a door for me. Open a door for me. Tell him open a door for me. I refuse to beg. I refuse to be indifferent in the time of the harvest. Why should one man have provision and yet I'm lacking and yet I'm your child? Say, Father, this evening, that changes in the name of Jesus. You say that I'm the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Heavenly Father, we receive every word that has been spoken this evening. And every man with a sign of agreement raising their hand up, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Because Christ is come and he has given us an understanding. And our spirits connect to that. To build the greatness that you have already placed in the inside of us. I decree and I declare that from today, you are going to see the manifestation of whatever God has placed on your life. I rarely do this, but I want to do this because I see it. I see that there are people who are receiving a certain kind of wealth that only the anointing can give. Power of the Holy Ghost for the kingdom of God, for the glory of His name. Poverty will never be near you. Struggle and strife are not your portion. And not only are you going to be built, but you're going to do that only. You're going to build only for His glory. For His glory. Some of the most influential people are here today. I see God position somebody in the name of Jesus. And since a person here, you God is going to position one of the highest officers of the United Nations. Not far from now. I see kings call you. I see presidents seek you. I see prime ministers seek your counsel. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. 
I see ideas of businesses bathing out of people now. The biggest entrepreneurs the world has ever seen are right now listening in the name of Jesus and being aligned and calibrated for God's purposes. You will not lack, you will not struggle, you will not strive. Give the Lord a magnable praise. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. It's done. Now let me do one more thing only. If you're there and you've never given your life to Jesus and you say, today, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Repeat this words after me. It's the best decision you could ever make for your life. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice at the cross on Calvary because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Change me. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.